Welcome. You are listening to the Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm Meryl Arnett, mama, meditator, and head of mindfulness for Shoreline Meditation App. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a 20-minute guided meditation. If these meditations support you and your practice, please consider donating to the show to support its continued growth, new offerings, and its ever-expanding team. You can find the link in today's show notes or simply visit merylarnett.com and click on podcast. All right, y'all, let's practice. Hello and happy Monday. Welcome to a brand new meditation series that has been in the works for many, many months. This month's series is called The Steadiness of Stones, Our Relationship to Time. And as we get started, I wonder if some of you might be willing to type in the chat for me, if that's accessible for you in the moment. Um, I'm really curious about ways that either you have heard time described, or you have thought about time or described time yourself. The example for me that comes to mind most readily is time is like a river, right? It flows in one direction. We're in the boat. Time carries us along. That is one that I have heard many, many times. And I would love to know, Lori types, an illusion, a man-made construct. Right on theme, Lori. Nicely done. (laughs) How about like an hourglass, right? The little grains of sand. We've heard of that one. Time waits for no woman, man. Yep. Mm -hmm. Love that. The phrase that most often comes up for me, as you all probably can guess, is I don't have time. You want me to meditate? I don't have time. Right? And I notice that I say things like, take your time. You have all the time in the world. Don't rush. When you're ready. And all of these phrases, images, ideas, they all create some implications for how we should be moving. Should we be hurrying up? Should we be slowing down? Oh, if only I had the time. That's another good phrase, right? If only I had the time. Should we be doing something? Should we be doing nothing? It like creates all of this belief around how we should, might, could move. Andrea, where has the time gone? Oh, I say it every month. We start a new series. I'm like, how is it XYZ month? How are we here right now? I think I've said it every month this year. I'm pretty sure I have. (laughs) Where has the time gone? Where did 2020 go? Also, it's been a decade. So there's that. That's a good one, right? We just did it right there. Do you not, don't you do that too? You're like, how is it October? How is it November? And also, when was January? It was 10 years ago, for sure. I was another person in January, right? And both of those feel really, really true for us. So this series, it really started percolating back in the spring. 
right? So we did a series in the spring at the moment when Easter, Passover, and Ramadan all overlapped this year in 2022, which is not an every year occurrence. It's actually pretty rare. And the reason it's rare is because those three holidays land from three different calendars, right? So Easter is on the Gregorian, the solar calendar based on the sun. Passover is based on the Jewish lunar calendar, not to be confused with Ramadan, which is based on the Islamic lunar calendar, which is different, different than the Jewish lunar calendar, right? So interesting. Here's another phrase. The years are short, but the days are long, said every mom ever, right? Maple turns four on Wednesday, and I'm like, I was pregnant three minutes ago. And she's six, so today has been a lifetime. (laughs) So, different calendars. And then I started thinking, this is so interesting. So you know where time came from, right? Because I would guess most of us, some of you are like very physics-minded and probably already know this isn't true, but I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it up until now. Time is not a universal objective thing. Time is not out there, a thing that you can look at. And we think we can. I have a calendar on the wall right past my computer. And I'm like, that's time. It tells me what day, what month, what year. And if I look at my phone, exactly what time. And it feels universal and external. But as we just said, three different cultures, three different calendars that count time differently, right? And lunar calendars, at least I can speak to the Jewish lunar calendar, the day starts at sunset. The day starts, it doesn't start at sunrise. It doesn't start in the morning. It starts at sunset. Tonight was a new day. That's confusing right? Okay. So did we know that time is so not universal, so not objective? It is deeply flexible. And it wasn't even, it was roughly the 14th century. So we're talking 1300s that towns created communal time, meaning there was a clock, whatever the form of clock was at that time, sundial-esque clock, right? A, A clock in the town that individuals could set their time to. 1300s that happened. It was not until the 1800s that time started to become standardized. The 1800s, y'all, a lot of us could probably trace ancestors back to the 1800s. That was not that long ago. It was with the advent of the train. Because now, all of a sudden, I have to get to the train station at a certain time. And the train has to leave my town at a certain time to arrive in another town at a certain time. And those two times have to line up. And so train companies started pushing for a standard time. 
It was time was invented by a train company. For real. You ready to go further? This blew my mind. Before standard time, before trains, hours in the summer were longer than hours in the winter. The length of an hour changed because there was 12 hours of daylight, 12 hours of darkness. In summer, there's a lot more daylight. So those hours had to stretch to fill daylight. And in the winter, there was less daylight. So the hours had to shrink. And along comes a business that says, let's create time zones. And time will stay the same. Shante says capitalism ruins everything here, here, right? Then, oh Lord, we got daylight savings. I know we're all bemoaning that because it just happened, right? Daylight savings, come on. So all of these constructs really through capitalism start to fall into place. And we flash forward 200 years-ish And it feels like here is time out here, a consistent, steady thing that has always been so. And I always have to look to, to judge how I'm doing. How am I stacking up against that thing out there called time? And my hope, is that this series, if nothing else, helps us start to unravel a bit of the concreteness we've developed around time. Time is flexible. Time is flexible. But even more so, time is relative. Time is relative to where Time is relative to motion. So when we want to look at the physics and I like, obviously I should put the disclaimer in here. I am not a physicist. I barely passed physics 101 in college for real. I could be totally getting it wrong. You should look this up for yourself. I highly recommend the order of time. Carlo Rovelli is an Italian physicist and a beautiful writer. Beautiful. His book is amazing. He has YouTube videos. They're so compelling. So what we know through physics, through actual scientific law, is... It's going to blow your mind. Time moves faster up high and slower down low meaning time moves faster for somebody who lives in the mountains than it does for somebody who lives at sea level. I am seated on the floor right now, and if I put a clock on the counter and one on the floor, and they were precise enough clocks, obviously, they would show, literally show, a difference in time. Based on location. Also, time moves faster 
when you're in motion. Time moves faster when you're in motion. It moves slower when you're still. Hand to heart, scientific law can be proven in any physics lab anywhere in the world right now. Sarah says, I'm up here on the mountain in the future. You are, Sarah, you are. And next week, we're talking about how there's no present moment for that very reason. For that very reason. I'm on the floor in Georgia and Sarah is in the mountains in North Carolina. And we might be looking at each other on Zoom. We are not looking at each other's present moments. But that's for next week. This week, time moves slower when you're still. And that scientific law proves every single meditator who has said, I have so many things to do today, but I stopped and I meditated first and I got it all done. Have you had that experience? Have some of you had that experience before of like, I don't have time, but you did it and then you still got everything done you needed to get done? I have that experience all of the time. And I just found the physical law to explain why. Time actually slows down when you slow down. Isn't that fascinating? So time, this thing that could be a river or an hourglass or a watch or a calendar or a hundred different phrases, it is actually inextricably bound to where and to who. Time is inextricably bound to where and to who. Where are you? What are you doing? This is your time. And this is the thing that I'm reading in this book on the physics of time is that the T for time in all of these incredibly complex scientific equations it's not referring to some abstract universal time that like all scientists set their clocks by and do their math by. It is a relative flexible time, even in the equations. And so we, the average person who's not a quantum physicist, we're living by this thing called time, we're stacking up our achievements. How am I doing today? Not to mention as a whole in my lifetime. Do I have time to do the things I want to do like meditate today? Should I cross all the little things off my list really quick in the morning and then do the big thing later? Or should I do all the big things in the morning and then spend the afternoon crossing off the little things? We play with all of these constructs and beliefs. And today, what I want for us as we settle into our meditation practice is perhaps just to start softening the grip of what time means. So 
so that it's not so much because, I mean, I think this is true. I feel like this is true based on my own practice and, and what I talk about with students a lot. Time, our meditation feels very time centric. Is that true? Does that feel right to you? Like when we think about meditation, we think about like, I have to fit it in my day. I have to make time for it. And then I have to do it for an amount of time. Like I'm going to set a timer, right? I'm going to do it for 10 minutes. We're going to do it for 20 minutes. I like always say that, right? I let you know how much silent space we're going to have. It's really interesting to think about like, what if I soften the grip on that? What if time slows down enough that I could just sit down and close my eyes and do a practice till it feels like it's done? We could do that. I'm not going to make you do that tonight, but I'm going to invite you to do it during the week. Okay. Lori says, Milan Kundera, I hope I said that right, close wrote about who, where, time, called Slowness, a book. Mm, Lovely. We'll add that to the reading list for this month. All right. Shall we meditate? Take a minute to breathe in deep and just... So we get all the ideas flowing. And we have to invite ourselves to land in a practice of stillness. taking all the time you need, there's that phrase, to settle into a comfortable seat, to allow your body to feel supported by the cushions, chairs, blanket, earth beneath you. Let your hands rest onto your lap, and if you'd like, Close your eyes. If it feels better for you to take a soft gaze down towards the ground, by all means, do so. And together as a group here, let's take a deep breath in through the nose. Exhale out a sigh. We'll do that once again, inhaling deeply. Exhaling out a sigh. And allowing your breath just to flow. And inviting your practice to begin by silently saying to yourself, Now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. And as you say those words to yourself, really invite yourself to sit down fully. 
to let go of all the little ways that we might hold ourselves up. All the little ways that we might be moving, fidgeting or adjusting. And feel yourself drop into a comfortable stillness. Allowing your breath to flow in an easy, relaxed way. And for a moment, you might bring to mind an image of a calendar. What does your calendar look like? And then an image of a clock, whether that's an actual clock or your phone or your watch. An image of an hourglass with sand dripping down. An image of a river flowing. And as we feel ourselves sitting in stillness, knowing that time slows down here, one by one, see yourself letting go of these images of time. Letting go of the river flowing in one direction. Letting go of the hourglass, the watch. The clock. And the calendar. And perhaps you feel yourself seated here. In a momentary timelessness. Noticing how it feels. to sit in a moment of timelessness. 
And you might notice if you're leaning a little forward towards an unknown future. Or slumped a little back towards that past behind you and instead feel yourself seated upright. Tall and easy. Shoulders can relax. Belly and heart can relax. Because we're not being pulled by the direction of time. The jaw and the cheeks can soften. The eyes let go of any tightness. And the space between the eyebrows smooths out. Because there is no time for us to compete with. As we sit and we breathe together here. We know that time is at its slowest. And so we'll share in a period of silence together. Inviting it to feel as timeless as possible. Feeling every breath you breathe in. Every breath you breathe out. As the connection between you and time. Which is relative. And flexible. Let's sit in silence together, feeling each breath and lingering in the slowness of time.
Feeling your breath here. The inhales and the exhales. And perhaps the threads of time around you. Noticing if you grabbed hold of time at any point. If you let go or if you're able to let go even right now. Feeling yourself seated in this slow, open moment. And gradually in your own way, letting your breath deepen. Letting the inhale fill every particle of you. And the exhale empty you completely. And you might explore wiggling your fingers and your toes. Straightening your spine if you've slumped over at all. And together we'll breathe in one final deep breath in. Exhaling out a sigh. And taking all the time you need to let go of your practice, to blink your eyes open once again. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Minute. If you're enjoying these episodes, please consider leaving me a review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps others to find this show. To learn more about my live classes, virtual meditation retreats, my meditation app Shoreline, or to make a donation to the show, please visit MerylArnett.com. Thanks again. I'll see you next week.